Welcome to the FileMaker Talk Podcast. This is Matt Navarre. Matt Petrowski and... Molly Connolly. Oh, yeah. Say it. Say it. (laughs) (laughs) Molly Connolly! (laughs) Woohoo! That's right. So, welcome, you two. Hey, Matt. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. Who was she talking to? (laughs) I don't know what to call... I'm just going to call you both, Matt. So, Dr. P, what's news this week? News. Here's what I've starred in my Google Reader. Um... Um, this is going from most recent down to uh, things that are less recent. Uh, FM Pug to bestow an unprecedented amount of holiday cheer on its members. Now, I did not come up with those words. I'm reading it verbatim. Uh, <laughs> but Andy's got some uh, thing going on over where if you sign up to FM Pug, then he's got uh, all these people contributing all kinds of different products. And he's listing 360 works. Um, I guess I should have his page up, but uh, I'm throwing something in the mix. But it sounds like a pretty good deal. I mean, you sign up to his organization and then you can he's doing it from december 12th until december 24th and every day he's giving something away from all of the different companies that are listed on the fmpug.com website i think it's pretty great i'm going to be there looking for stuff for free and you can win from one day to the next so even if you win on one day um, I think you have to enter through the FMPUG website, like register each day, each day. Mm-hmm. but you get something the next day, even if you got something the previous day. Cool. If you win. Let's see. I released an article. Of course, I have to mention that, right? No. Uh, um, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I want to know. Yeah, so do I. We'll talk about that one in the... Uh, FileMaker Cool segment. I'll mention what I talked about in that article. Uh, FM Nexus Web Services 2.0. They shot out a press release. This is from fmpro.org. Uh, they were giving a free demonstration. Uh, John Sindelar over at Seedcode released a hierarchy view for FileMaker. That's a little uh, bolt-on add-in uh, FileMaker uh, technique solution where you just have this uh, hierarchy portal that you can put into your solution and it can list any number of items in the hierarchy from any number of tables or even files, I believe. Except he pre-announced that on his episode a couple of episodes ago here. That's right. And then it's, uh, I guess, officially released yep, now. to the public. December 2nd, a little while ago. And the folks over at FM Web School, they've been running some promos uh, for, I don't know, a number of weeks now, talking about uh, giving away $1,000 or $1,700 worth of uh, stuff in a contest that they are having. It's an exciting FileMaker developer contest, and they're mentioning uh, that you learn how to write software. Now, I'm going to assume without having fully read this full news release, that it's definitely dealing with FM Touch. Hmm, I'm not so, so sure, but yeah, I'll, that's worth looking into. FM Touch is really coming along, and features are happening regularly, which is a good thing. Yeah, and I've still yet to actually uh, try it out myself. I have it. I need to use it for more things, but I used it. Uh, I got a couple of clients who are using, accessing bits of their database through it. It was really easy to set up. Very cool. Well, that's what I've got. Uh, I mean, other than just a few other mentions about uh, FM Conference Paris, a lot of things in other places of the world that uh, are going on. Camp Software announces FM Small Business, and we've got Core Solutions and all the other companies offering FileMaker classes. 
as always. Didn't we give uh, an OPML file uh, a couple episodes back, the news? If not, I need to throw that up on the uh, FileMaker Talk website, and I'll do that. Yeah, you should. I think we talked about it, but I don't know if it got posted. But that's what we've got in news. It's not FileMaker would be the next subject. I'm going to go way off on this one, too. Since it's winter, and I like beer, and I like really thick, dark beer, uh, like Guinness is actually a light beer. It's like 4% alcohol and dark in color but light in texture. I found this beer called Goose Island Bourbon County Imperial Stout, made actually in Chicago, Molly, in your neck of the woods. Nice. Bring it home. It's like motor oil. It's so thick and so <laughs> and that's dark. somehow a good thing? It's a good thing if you like dark beer, if you like your thick stout. It's 13% alcohol. So you really just need one bottle for like a, you know an evening in. <laughs> but, Excellent. So, I love that it's from Chicago. And it's not something I would drink all the time because it's so powerful. But on the continuum of beer with, say, Miller Lite at one end of the spectrum... This is the other end of the spectrum. It's the heaviest beer by far that I've ever had. And so, you know, I think just for that reason alone, sort of worth checking out. It gets the cool award. So what's your, what's your, uh, it's not FileMaker, Molly? I bet you can guess what it is, Matt. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I think we have to continue to spread the word of the goodness of Brussels sprouts. Oh, you're, you're kidding. <laughs> it's either the, it's either that or the new Bond movie, which apparently there's a lot of disagreement about whether it was good or not, but I loved it. Well, it's a personal thing. <laughs> it's so a Brussels personal thing. Sprouts, Brussels sprouts is pretty funny because there's like Molly, <laughs> you and me, and Chris Ippolite all really, really like Brussels sprouts. So if any of us goes to a restaurant and we order Brussels sprouts, we take a picture on the iPhone and send it to the other ones, <laughs> which I just, just did this weekend. <laughs> He just sent me the biggest plate of Brussels sprouts, and it made me really hungry. It was really good. Okay, I've got a good story about Brussels sprouts. Yes. When we were in the early years of uh, ISO, we had an employee. His name was Brian, and he was on this total kick that tied into Brussels sprouts. He would have just two pieces of bread with about two inches high of Brussels sprouts, and he was doing this for a week. And That's we dangerous. Were, we were getting to the point where we're like, dude, this is crazy. We're sick of watching you eat these uh, Brussels sprout sandwiches. We dare you. Go the whole month. And so we challenged him. But what we found out was this is not a good idea because yeah. supposedly Brussels sprouts have a small amount of a toxin in them. And if you do that long enough, it could make you sick. Sure. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I was just thinking about... It's kind of a lot of fiber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Brussels sprouts. Yeah, so that's. I think that's cool. I think that should be the new hip vegetable. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you said it could be anything I like. It can, and, and it, it is. Beer, Brussels sprouts, it's food this episode. Excellent. So so it's FileMaker Cool time. Dr. P, what do you have? FileMaker Cool. Well, this is that article I was referencing I guess my FileMaker Cool is almost always going to be my article because it's whatever I'm working on. Mm -hmm. Although, it might not be cool. It might just be, you know, just plain. Like, how do you name your fields? Just useful. Or, this is supposed name to be, yeah. <laughs> uh, this one's about auto-reducing value lists. 
this is basically a technique where you have a list of uh, people. It can be displayed in a portal. It can be displayed in a pull-down, pop-down, pop-up. I forget what mm-hmm. FileMaker is naming it this week, but uh, a pull-down menu or a pop-up list so that when you make your selection, what happens is the list automatically reduces. So, for example, the uh, technique file that it showcases, it has a number of um, scientist names, Albert Einstein, mm-hmm. Marie Curie, whatever. And then it's uh, set up, the technique is set such that you're having a meeting and it's meeting of the minds. Well, when you select Albert Einstein from the list, his name pops up into the a portal listing attending people, but the value list, the pull-down menu, now no longer has his name within it. So it, it prevents duplicate entries when hmm. you're making selections from items where you want everything is, in its uh, purest sense, unique, such as a person. Oh, I like that. And that's in your next article? No, that's in the one that was uh, just posted. The current article. Yeah, right. December 3rd, I think. So just a little nice. while ago. And basically, it just shows you how to use its... I mean, if if we want to talk simple about it, it just shows you how to use a non-equajoin relationship in order to uh, get the list of names of people who are not already selected. Cool. Molly, what's what's your uh, FileMaker cool? My FileMaker cool is we're actually, this is actually something we started talking about, Matt, in at DevCon. And so I'm getting a little bit of traction on, um, we're, Ernest Coe, Matt Navarre, and I have been trying to get a little traction on this uh, kind of emergency FileMaker response team. And, Matt, we came up with an acronym, which was SWIFT, and now I can't remember what it stands for, so that's not doing very well on my branding. It's a backronym um, at that point, then. If you if you come up with a cool word and then try to make something of it, it's a backronym. It is a backronym. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, the, but the idea is, this. I think this is kind of exciting, is, you know, I, I can't remember what his name was, but there's a guy who um, did a lot of volunteer work. Uh, during Katrina, and then, you know, Andy LeCates and Bill Heiser um, helped out after 9-11, and FileMaker was a really instrumental tool because, you know, obviously there's no phone, there's no web, there's, you know, Excel is not going to do the job, and so uh, these folks were able to kind of whip together FileMaker solutions that kept track of information. So the concept being that, hey, you know what, there's a lot of FileMaker people out there who would also you know, be in a position to volunteer, be in a position to help out in these kind of situations. So we're, we're finally getting a little bit of traction and hoping to get, get the word out a little more in terms of um, just putting together a, a loose group of volunteers and then maybe coming up with some real simple templates, right, so that we can start distributing and saying, you know what, let's, uh, let's do some training to different community groups so that if, if a situation arises, um, you've got some people who can can really lend a hand immediately. So that, I think, is very cool, and it's, it's been kind of slow coming together, but I've, uh, I've been in touch with quite a few people lately that are showing some interest and giving us some leads in terms of where we can kind of start trying to put this together. Cool. Yeah, so volunteer FileMaker people, which I think is uh, it's a nice way for, for us to use our skills for a good purpose. You know what's interesting uh, that they have over in... Uh my other life in the Drupal world, they have these things called code sprints, where basically when a group of developers get together, they have a, a centralized task, and then that whole group just sits there and focuses on it. I, I'm assuming there's a, because I've not partaked of, partaken of one, 
of them yet. I'm going to be going to DrupalCon in Washington, D.C., but it would be interesting at DevCon if there was something like some solution that is a nonprofit solution that helps other people and that was one of the things. You could just go in there and everybody got a, a piece of the pie in terms of, you know, build this portion of it. And then you just have to integrate those. And, of course, the developers would have to be I adept about to, you know, componentize what they're creating so that it could be easily integrated. But that could be done. Yeah, actually, we did something like that two years ago at DevCon. And it was for the Jam Session database where all the people who were planning on playing a song or just playing several songs would go in and we built this really cool database that had all these features uh, that then we got to DevCon and just did what we always do and played whatever song we could think of and didn't look at the database at all. So it was kind of, the use of it was a bust, but the development of it was awesome. It was so fun. Oh, I think that's a great idea. I'd love to do it. And you know what? The thing is, even if, you know, even if you can't modularize it and bring it all together, think of the ideas that you're going to get out of that. Right, you get a big chunk of good code, and then you can kind of pick and choose and see what's going to be the most streamlined. That'd be really fun. Yeah, it was neat. I mean, I'd log into the database, you know, at, at nine in the morning, and then I'd look back at noon, and two or three developers had gone in and added features. Nice. And uh, so there was this really, really, you know, it was a pretty small group. It was maybe ten people who were, had development access to it, and we just stuck the file up on a FileMaker server so that everyone could use it. I love it. All right, good idea. We're doing that. Yep, that's easy to do. Wow. Imagine 15 people all hacking on the same file from a FileMaker server. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that could be a little ugly. Well, you know, it's got some built-in controls, so only one person can be in Define uh, database. One person can be working on the schema. But each script could be edited by one person at one time. That's pretty modular. Nice. Layouts. One person could be changing the layout order at a time. <laughs> I run into those things all the time because I work with teams of developers. Yeah, you just designate uh, little division heads, people who are like, okay, who wants to be responsible for managing everybody who wants to do interface and everybody who wants to do this functionality or this functionality. You'd have to do some pre-planning for sure. Yeah. Yep. All right, good. Well, I'm signing you both up for that, for my DevCon coding sprint code cool. sprint i like it as long as it doesn't get in the way of my pool time <laughs> i don't know is, is there going to be a pool in san francisco is there going to be a pool or are you every hotel has an in, indoor pool mm. it has to right it has to. right it's a hotel okay you're know. right it's not going to be as exciting as the one in phoenix that's for sure this is true yeah you're not going to get a little concerned about the lack of lazy river but yeah. i'm sure the good food will be will make up for it I hope. On with the interview. So, Molly, you are um, on the show because you have a lot of experience in the FileMaker community, specifically with placing people. So the work that you did as a partner at Saliant and the work you've been doing since then by helping a lot of FileMaker people find jobs both as full-time employees as well as, as contractors has put you in a really good position to help a lot of people in the community. So I wanted to talk to you about about that. So tell me what lately have you been up to in that space? Excellent. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it because it's been really fun. It's um, it, And it also, it's just, it's helped me so much. I've, what I've figured out is I'm doing a lot of kind of meta consulting. And so so the companies I'm working with will call me in to come in for a week because, you know, this is slow. 
or we can't figure out how to make this work, or we need to rework that. And so as part of that, I ended up having to really reach out to people about, you know, different plugins and who does what and how can you address this problem. You know, you're brainstorming and you're finding out, you know, not only companies that their problem is they need a good FileMaker developer on hand or their problem is they need a plugin or, you know, whatever it is, I've just been able to really get in touch with a lot of people who are doing cool things. And as a result of that, I was like, gosh, you know, there's, there's a ton of people hiring. People need either subcontractors or really people are looking for full-time developers, which, you know, given the economy right now, it sounds a little bit surprising, but I've still got um, a bunch of companies. I've got, you know, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Chicago, Philadelphia, New York, Boston, all different big cities that are hiring. So, um, so yeah, so I've been, that's, that's kind of become an additional part of what I'm doing for services is kind of helping try to place people. And, um, it's been fun and it's been successful and it's, it's, uh, I need to, I need to find some more people because there's more jobs than FileMaker developers. Which is kind of good and very good, I think, for FileMaker developers not to be generally looking for work. Yeah. And it's, you say it's definitely more full-time development, in-house development type things, or are these firms like Slant and Excelsis and places like that? You know, I think there's been a little bit more hesitancy about bringing people on full-time. Um, but there's just there's a lot of places that want a, a full-time, dedicated person who's really going to jump into the... It's both consulting, and then there's some in-house positions, and then also product development. And I've kind of been distinguishing into those three groups because I think, you know, there's very different personalities for each company out there. And it's not just, uh, you know, there's a different personality between the consulting companies, but, you know, it's a, it's a different job to be an in-house developer than it is to be a consultant. Or if you're working for a company that does product development, it's also a kind of a different range of skills and just a different pace. Okay, so I have a question. Yeah. Are you a placement company and how does this compare to like job boards like FileMaker, uh, Find FileMaker Developers, FileMaker's Job Board, uh, yeah. even Monster.com or Craigslist or whatever? Because one of the things, uh, you know, I don't I want to give you your time to speak here, but one of the things that I found valuable when working with other developers for the few times that I have is that when one person who's not the developer is sort of like speaking for the developers, they're sort of like detached and they can keep things more on track and get better rates, sort of like an agent. Is that yeah. what you'd? A, a little bit. You know what? No, I'm glad, I'm glad you asked the question. And the thing is, I'm not, uh, you know, this isn't my whole practice. It's kind of something that bubbled up because I had, I was meeting so many people that were like, hey, can you help me find somebody? So, yeah, so I'll just lay it out there what I'm doing. There's a few companies that if I help them find someone and that person stays with them for 90 days, they'll pay me a fee. And so any developer that comes to me, I'm going to say, hey, listen, these are the companies I'm working with and which one might be interesting to you. And I can talk – and, the, the you know, you kind of said, well, what's the difference between why can't they just go to the job board, right? I mean, FileMaker's got a job board now. FMPUG's got a job board now. So the, the jobs are listed there. Um, and absolutely, people can just – respond and talk to the companies directly. I think the difference that I'm adding is a lot of people are just kind of curious. You know, they don't know how much could I really make. And, you know, they don't necessarily want to approach the company directly because maybe they already have a job, right? And so you <laughs> you just kind of want to feel out, test the waters. So I've kind of been an in-between person. And my, um, my fee, the other thing is, like, I'm not charging people anything for this information. 
right? It, I get a fee if there's a placement. And different than headhunters, it's not a percentage of their salary. I, I always thought that was kind of uh, just a little bit of a conflict of interest, right? That, oh, well, the the headhunter gotcha. is going to make more money, and so they won't give it up. So anyway, it's, it's just a basic fee. Um, so, so I think it's... Are you setting prices, or is that something that once you're out, you're at arm's length? You've just yeah. made the connection, and then they take care of contract arrangements and details. Yeah, they would they would negotiate that separately. Obviously, what I'm going to do when I'm talking to people is say, hey, you know, this is kind of the range they're paying. What are your skills? Here's how you can – I want the people to get the job, right? So I'm going to talk them through, like, you know, how do we help define what your skills are? I think a lot of people aren't very good at promoting themselves. You know, I've talked to, it's interesting that a lot of the people that call me, they're like, well, I'm kind of a good developer. And then I'll look at their code and it's great. And I'm like, you know, you need to bring out that you've done some of this, you've done some of that. You, you know, you have project management skills, you've worked in these different industries. So I think uh, along the way, I've definitely found, and, and the people that have helped find the right jobs, they've said that really helped for me to be able to express better what I can do and why I'm valuable. So there's a little the bit current- of coaching involved too. There currently is no, like, FileMaker agency, sort of similar to, like, all I can think of as Mac Temps back in the day, is there? There's really not, and that was one of the reasons I ended up doing this, because when I was at Saliant, like, you know, we'd hire a headhunter, but, you know, they kept saying, oh, what are we looking for, filmmaker? You know, or, or <laughs> does, does it count if they have act experience? You know, like, you just, I, I couldn't get anyone who could really assess it, so on so kind of on the on the in between that I can help FileMaker developers better define what they do. But then when I'm presenting these candidates to the companies, they know that they've been kind of pre-vetted, right? I mean, you're still, most of the companies are still going to want to have the developer take their own test or have, obviously have the interviews. Um, but it, at least I'm closer, right? I'm not, I'm, I'm going to be able to tell if you're a filmmaker or an act developer. <laughs> Man, I just go for the headhunters fee. I mean, the industry is already there. You're you're providing a valuable service. I mean, well, I, I like that. I should I should jack it up a little bit. But for right now, I was like, you know, the the other reason there is I don't have kind of a stable of people ready to place. It's kind of one of those things that it's uh, you know, I've haven't haven't put a ton of effort in terms of kind of tracking people down. So I'd love to I'd love to make more of a go of it. I just need to get the word out. So thanks for letting me be on the podcast, guys. Sure. If anybody out there has interest in this type of service or would you know wants to know more information about how it might work or how it might benefit them, send us an email. Let us uh, forward it to Molly or send it to Molly directly if you want to provide them with an email address. That'd be great. I set up. Um, I did set up a little website. So it's. It's FileMakerRecruiter.com. Nice. I figured that that was a little easy one. So I've got info at FileMakerRecruiter.com. If people want to shoot me an email there, just check out the website. And that's another thing. On the website, I just kind of, there's just a few things going on there. I've got a little blog about things to think about, you know, hopefully some tips. I put some information on kind of most recent salary information. I think people, there's a real, uh, there's a real spread in what people are making. And so I thought, I think it's fair to get it out there that, you know what, here's kind of the ranges you can make. Um, so I put that on the website too. And then just some tips of, you know, what kind of developer are you? You know, are you a power user? Are you a developer? Are you a 
tech lead or your project manager. Because I think if you can define better what you do and what you like, you've got a better chance of finding the job you really want. So what are the ranges that people can make and what can we as developers do to uh, be worth more? Excellent. Uh, You know what? I'd say I'm fine. You know, entry level programmers so kind of when i talk about the power user maybe you know you know filemaker and you're really good at making layouts but you've never designed a system from scratch right you haven't architected it so kind of those more entry level are and again this is all just talking to people so i haven't done a formal quiz but you know you're looking at entry level you're going to look at 30 to 45 if you get up to that next chunk what which I would kind of qualify as, hey, you know, you've, you've got some solid development chops, you've got some client experience, um, maybe you even have some project management experience in terms of getting the needs analysis done and finding out what the customer needs. You're kind of going to be in that middle range. And those are going to range more along the lines 45 to 60. And then when you talk about, hey, how am I going to make more as a FileMaker developer? Right? How, how do I make more money? Well, and again, I'm talking about in-house or salaried positions. If you're mm-hmm. going to make 60, 60 to 85 a year, you're going to want to be able to manage a team. It doesn't have to be a big team, but you have to be able to delegate. I think being able to uh, look at a project, scope it out, and then break it into pieces is a big component of that. Obviously, if you've got a bunch of skills in your toolkit, you know, some FileMaker and some PHP, maybe you've done some integration with SQL, those kind of things definitely up your value as well. So were those hourly numbers or were those annual? Oh, those were annual. Yeah, those okay. were so those were kind of the salary, and and that's again and you know and the truth is you're people who are on their own. So say you're you're not working for a company in a salaried position. There's a much bigger spread there. Yeah, but I I can't figure that out because I think you know some people are like oh I made you know I worked for myself and I was charging. 65 an hour and then other folks are charging 250 an hour yeah. and so it's it depends on your availability it depends on what niche you're in so there's that whole range and then and even there some people are like hey i charge 250 an hour and i only work a couple months a year well i want that job <laughs> but yeah anybody who's i'm doubtful on the 250 anybody <laughs> who's getting a consistent 250 and they're billing like a lawyer does for every single piece of paper they touch where they add in the 5 or 10 cents for the fax and 25 cents for the phone call yeah give me a call cuz i want to talk to you and uh, <laughs> i won't i won't share your secrets i just want to hear if it exists <laughs> i know and and i think that's you know like and actually, that's interesting, too. I mean, that's another piece of some of the people that have called me and they're like, hey, I think I want a full-time job. And then we end up doing, um, I've been doing some coaching and mentoring, right? So that's that's another one that we talk about is a lot of people who are making that higher end, they're doing the value billing, right? They say, here's the project and here's what it's, let's, let me find out what it's worth to you. And then, uh, and obviously, the hourly rate, if you play it right, because those are the ones you can get burned on too, right? If you say, oh, I'll do that for $10,000 and then suddenly the scope creeps totally out of control, that's not a good situation. But if you've got another situation where you've got it really narrowed down and you say, hey, listen, is this worth $10,000 to you? And you can get it done in a much shorter amount of time. Those are the folks that are kind of hitting it out of the ballpark in terms of right delivering value. I've heard of people who are solo developers who are making two to three hundred thousand dollars a year in billings. 
And of course, if you're a sole proprietor or a small company, it's just you. That's not like having a, a day job where you have that kind of income because you have, in order to work that much, like in the years that as I've been a consultant, even when I had a full-time job, I used to do a lot of consulting on the side. And sometimes I did, I don't know, not nowhere near that, but I did a lot of, a lot of billing on the side, 30 hours a week sometimes of uh, side projects. Yeah. 30 solid in the 200s. My rates back then were like 150. I've always charged kind of more than other developers in the area to give people the false impression that I'm actually smarter. <laughs> hey, there is there is definitely credit or I should say there's definitely validity to the fact that when something is a premium, perception automatically go up, goes up. Yeah. So That's- if you're charging that, you must be worth it. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. is a perception. Like, for example, if you're going to hire an, an attorney to represent you because you got, uh, you know, you, they thought you committed a crime and it looked like you did, but you didn't, right? Let's just say you're actually innocent. And there's two attorneys that you could hire. One of them's 200 an hour. One of them's 400 an hour. Which one are you going to hire? Well, you're thinking the 400 knows more. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. To some degree, you can take advantage of that, but to another degree, it doesn't really work, so... Well, it depends on what your, you know, again, if you're on your own, it's what your needs are in terms of cash flow. Like some people say, you know what, it's worth it to me to charge 100 bucks an hour and know that I've got 40 hours a week, right, if I can lock that down. Um, as opposed to waiting for the $150, $200 an hour job. I've actually found that it doesn't really matter that much. You're mostly selling yourself to your client and the at least in my experience, it's the the uh, the match of the consultant to the job and the skill set of that. If if you go in and say I'm 75 an hour or 175 an hour, they're going to hire you if it's the right match because they're going to get the job done in a way that's going to be pleasant. I don't know. I might be wrong on that for for no, certain I things, think, but I think you're right. I think you're right because in you know whatever. I guess sales is a whole other topic we can go into. But if you know you got to sell the value of what you're going to deliver to them. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's very few people that are going to say, oh, I'm just going to hire the cheapest person. Yeah, that's and, true. And honestly, the ones who ch- hire the cheapest person, you're probably setting yourself up for trouble anyway. Yeah. Because then, you know, their their expectations are going to be in a different place. Than that's true, too. Around. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, I think there's kind of just a whole range of, uh, you know, hourly rates, subcontract rates, kind of general salaries and uh you know that's another thing i want to start putting on this website and in the blog is just like you said matt different ways to improve your skills and better market yourself and and what makes you more valuable i've also got to say that the longer i've been working um the more important it is for me to work on projects that i really feel strongly about and work with people that i enjoy and work on projects that i enjoy which i've you know to a large degree been lucky enough to do that but this, the project that I'm working on right now is a public health thing for the state of Oregon, and I feel really good about working on it and building it because it's actually contributing to something in society that's good. You know, I'm not trying. Yeah. You know, it's it's actually putting something back into the world. I totally agree. I mean, the thing is, if we're going to be, you know, FileMaker programming is fun, but it's more fun when you're doing something that you're interested in, or you're doing it with someone who's you like working with i mean that's what's been so fun about collaborating with different people you know i'll go into i'll go into these companies to solve a particular problem well i might a couple heads are better than one you know brainstorming it's it's so nice to be able to pick up the phone and say you know that the find thing we did last time matt you Mm -hmm. know just be like oh yeah this find took 20 minutes and look now it's 30 seconds that's (laughs) that's a happy client and then that's kind of a sense of success across the board so 
I agree. It's fun to collaborate and be able to work on the type of projects you want. And that's that's kind of what I'm hoping to do is to to help, you know, FileMaker developers are in demand. So why not find the job that's the best fit for you where you're using your best skills, you're improving your skills, and maybe you even get the luxury of, like, being in the city you want to be in or working with the people you want to work with. So I have another question. Yeah. This is a question that might drive some traffic to your website. Oh, good. Is that a woodchuck, a squirrel, <laughs> or a groundhog? <laughs> it's a prairie dog. And um, I took we took a road trip from Chicago to Montana this summer. And there's the whole field of prairie dogs, which I couldn't stop watching them. Have you seen them before? I have. What do you guys think? They're hilarious. <laughs> they're so hilarious. So we just sat there and watched it. So I thought that was a good one. You know, because they kind of pop up and they're curious and they're looking around. Yeah, see, even Matt's wondering. He's like, what are you guys talking what about? What are you guys talking oh. about? Everybody who wants to know, they're going to have to go to FileMakerRecruiter.com. Oh, now I get it. <laughs> Why did she pick that crazy prairie dog thing? <laughs> what That's does that funny. have to do with FileMaker? <laughs> it's a question generator, isn't it? I love it. Now it's going to be part of your brand. <laughs> Ooh, did I pick the right image? You did, because guess what? Prairie dog, he's got... Tons of different tunnels with access to all kinds of different places. And wherever he needs to be, he just pops up. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I've even got a metaphor going. <laughs> Always here to help. <laughs> Excellent. So, Molly, with all the connections that you have to the FileMaker community as you keep doing these new things, uh, helping people to find jobs, and what's unique about the FileMaker community and what parts of that do you really enjoy? Oh, that's great. I'm glad you asked that. Uh, you know what? I definitely love being in the FileMaker community. And it's not just because it's kind of a small pond of, you know, everybody you know in FileMaker is doing something unique, right? There, You've got musicians and artists and people like FileMaker because it's a great tool and it's really versatile. So one is, you know, the type of people you meet in this community are really fun and interesting to work with. And then I think we all have in common that there's that creative side of being able to go into many different industries, right? You can use your good listening skills in order to come up with a solution that meets a different industry. So I guess uh, I guess what's fun to me about in, being in this community is there's different people with different specializations, and I've really been able to meet a lot of those people and be able to kind of compare notes. So FileMaker across the board, you know, it's such a wide range of skill sets. You know, you're listening, you're developing, you're project managing, you're working with clients, you're programming, you've got a whole range of skills that you can develop in a lot of different industries. So I think it just makes for um, a group of people that are really creative and supportive and can do neat different things and kind of continually challenge ourselves. So I think it's fun to be able to kind of make those introductions and see how people grow. Cool. So I know that you had some really good successes uh, like six or eight months ago when, when you and I were talking about this last. What has been happening? What yeah. uh, great placements have you made since then that you can talk about? There's a couple that, uh, you know, obviously I can't necessarily tell all the, the companies I'm working with, but I think the, the biggest thing that I've, I've really enjoyed is two things. Um, one is there's a couple of people I brought in, people introduced them to me, and they weren't FileMaker developers. Right, there's a SQL programmer and then a, another access programmer. And so there was kind of a combination of doing some training and getting them geeked on FileMaker and then being able to position them uh, for success within these companies. So, so that's really fun is to kind of see people 
adapt different technologies and be like, oh, look what I can do with FileMaker. And, the, and I can make a career out of it where I'm not just, in, in the case of the access programmer I was working with, he had a very narrow um, job description. And so getting into FileMaker just gave him a lot, a lot more room to, to do different projects. So, so that's one. Like, it's exciting to bring people into the FileMaker community. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is um, I think that there's a lot of developers, and a couple of these people, would, they've come to me saying, you know what, I'm working on my own, and I'm not necessarily making the money I want. I'm kind of stressed out, so maybe I'll get a full-time job. Um, and you know, a couple of those people, just within our talking about stuff, they actually – kind of switched over and they've been doing some consulting work with me in helping develop their practice more, right? Because I think there's just a lot of the greatest programmers in the world, maybe they just don't have as much experience um, focusing on how to run their business. So that's been nice too. And obviously it's kind of works well for me because it's, I can either help you find a job or I can help you develop your practice some more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been fun to see. There's a, a couple so you- of, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so you mean a coder who's socially inept? Well, <laughs> wow, that's such I a guess you could say it that way. <laughs> so in other Not, words, if you don't like people, let's go talk to Molly. <laughs> She'll get you the work. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a combination of that. that and, you, and it's good to, I would not use the word inept, but some people are more um, client loving challenged <laughs> maybe they don't <laughs> I don't know what we're going to use for that, but yeah, some people really don't want to talk to the client and if you want to make money, you probably need to do that. Well, maybe, <laughs> or you need to work with someone who uh, can appreciate your skills for what they are and can protect you from talking to the client and take advantage of the skills that you have. I think there's definitely jobs like that. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're totally right. And the thing is, and that's the other thing, is like I've been able to match some people up with each other. So there was a, a couple of developers, and one was really good at sales, and one was good at the hardcore programming, and you know, put them in touch with each other, and now they're, they're both more successful because they're working together. Awesome. Yeah, so it's it's fun, and I uh, I have certainly met some great people. Well, when I start using uh, your services, I'll be coming to you because I myself am socially inept. Yeah, I, can get yeah, right. I, I don't can get believe that. <laughs> I can you get always say crowd, that, but small groups scare me. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is hilarious. I just I have a hard time believing that. I don't believe it at all. I can talk to people. It's just that I'm not uh, I'm not one to just walk up and introduce myself or just have – I'm very poor at small chat, I think. I think we've been talking to the Matbot all this time, Molly. <laughs> the Matbot. <laughs> I love it. File yeah, maker. I, I'm from Minnesota, so I'm really good at, at small talk. Wait. It's one, it's, how's that it's related? I, well, I think it comes from the weather training. You know, the, like the weather is so changeable in Minnesota that – the part of every initial greeting is you talk about the weather. So it's, it's excellent training for small talk. <laughs> yeah, and it's cold. Yeah, and you, you can talk about what kind of snow it is and how cold. Like I was just home for Thanksgiving. It was fantastic. We had tons of weather conversations, and my husband, who's from Chicago, was like, why do you guys talk about the weather so much? Yeah. It's like, it, it's just manners, man. It's manners. So Matt and I <laughs> both grew up in Southern California. I was like, is it 68 today or 67? <laughs> See, there's nothing to talk about. Exactly. <laughs> wow, it's been sunny like this is. for a month. Can you believe it? It is 68. <laughs> That's funny. Where I'm at in November. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's a much more limited range of things to talk about. <laughs> I'm in Portland, and even though it was 35 degrees this morning, I still rode my bike to work. And Molly, you're in Chicago. I don't even want to ask you. Was it, what, 12 today? 
<laughs> yeah, it's we got some snow and sleet going on now, but I can't believe you rode your bike in 35 degrees. That's cold, man. I know, it's cold. Man. Nice. There are people who, at this building who ride their bike to work every day. They don't, even in, you know, the worst rain and dark and whatever, they ride their bike. Wow. So I can't complain. Good for them. All right. Well, it sounds like we've uh, talked your ear off about uh, FileMaker and the uh, job market and providing services. So uh, was there anything you had in closing, or shall we just say, use my services? Well, I'll say, use her services. <laughs> I appreciate consulting, use her services. <laughs> <laughs> Come to me. Yeah, no, th- just thanks a lot for letting me kind of talk about it and get the word out. And, um, I, you know, I look forward to talking to people and finding out what they're looking for and seeing, uh, seeing if we can make some matches. And that's info at FileMakerRecruiter.com. That's it. And you can contact us on the podcast at Matt at FileMakerTalk.com. And let's see, that's probably the best way. Or you can go to the website, FileMakerTalk.com. Or you can go question. to iTunes and leave a review. Ooh, that's a great idea. Hey, when you send it to Matt, which one of you does it go to? Both. <laughs> <laughs> How do I know who I'm talking to? You don't. 